and welcome to Crippled System episode 333. Halfway there. Yeah, it's probably one of the best uh, Green Jelly albums ever made, which I only know of two of them. <laughs> so I don't think it's a huge... Uh... I mean, there's there's the Serial Killer and there's 333. And Serial Killer, of course. Serial Killer. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a joke. To be perfectly honest, I actually listen to 333 a lot. It's got a lot of good songs on it eh, for right. for Green Jelly. I mean, everyone knows them for the Three Little Pigs song. Everyone, famously. I know them for that song. Yeah. I don't yeah. know music people very well. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, but you should also enjoy the other one of the other songs that they have. Out of all the characters in the Marvel comic universe that this song is centered around, this is a character that, that you hold near and dear. There's a song about Jubilee. No. It's a joke. I don't really like, like Jubilee. What? Jubilee's great. Does, do, do they have like a Maximum Carnage type song or something? Yeah. Is that, do they, They're I mean, the ones who did the soundtrack for, for uh, I thought, Maximum I, yeah. Carnage on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I, I played that game all the way through. Yeah. It's not a very good. I, 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 I had all the comics for that at one point, but I might have got my, my comic collection is just one box of comics and involves like the preacher scud the disposable assassin and like just another a bunch of walking dead and some random nonsense it used, i used to have a lot of cool old spider-man stuff but I, I, I sold those for food that's a shame i needed to eat yeah no been there been there all my all my first edition D books went for food yeah yeah, I remember like when Raylene and I were first dating and living together. It's like every month, it's like, all right, how short are we for rent? Which of Nathan's like old school like for me, it wasn't comics. It was like Chrono Trigger and Super sure. Metroid and all those like rare Super Nintendo games that if you want to copy now, you have to spend something with a comic. And, and back then, they weren't that they weren't worth that much. Yeah. So like, we were, you were getting pennies on the dollar. But it's like, well, I gotta, and that's really like, okay. I need to eat. And I need to have power, and I need to have uh, water, and I can afford two of those this yeah. month. So, which how many mm-hmm. things am I selling? I uh, I didn't realize. So, the video game store that was the game exchange that was down on Mineral Point mm-hmm. is closing down. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. They, they've yeah. been going to be yeah, for a few weeks now. They yeah, sign up. I know the one on the other side of town changed the name from video game exchange to media exchange or something like yeah. that, just to really stress that they have music and movies I too, think, which makes sense. I think they changed, uh, or if they, because there was like a whole bunch of stuff, and they're like, gifts, gift cards can't be used at either one at at, at the stores as they used to be. Um, but anyway, I saw a copy of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Sure. Which is the PlayStation Greatest Hits version? Sure. Which was like the twenty twenty dollars whenever it was available, um, going for like, I think it was like almost two hundred dollars mm-hmm. over there, and I'm like, huh, I've got the the natural one, as in the one that's not the greatest hits. Mine's probably worth a lot. I should sell that. Considering yeah. I have digital versions of that everywhere. C- correct. Like how like it. it- it's 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 really not worth anything. Like that's the old thing. Like you'll see stuff like on eBay for you know people are selling like a, the PlayStation Five for two thousand dollars. Like yeah, but no one's buying it, so it's not really worth that money. Um, if if it was worth the two hundred dollars, somebody would have purchased it, and you wouldn't have seen it on their shelf, right? Yeah, but I'm sure. Well, uh, yeah, well, probably. Sit on shelf. I mean, that's. Man, I mean, to yeah. some extent, obviously there there is a sweet point where it'll sit on the shelf for a little while, and then somebody will buy it. But a lot of times things are just like given this prestige price that it doesn't actually sell for it sure. kind of intentionally. But and sometimes not, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, they they don't really have like an online presence, so I'm sure they 
I'm sure once once the store closed down, it'll get added onto eBay someplace. But I mean, it is good to know you probably have two or three months rent on that shelf over there, if need be. Yeah, <laughs> just sit. Yeah, I mean, be fair. Those things move a lot around too. They get a lot of use, so it's you know. That's true. Thank goodness you have all those shadows over brimstone stuff. We play it constantly. We could someday. I you could, especially if you guys to. living together. You guys could just play Shadows of Brimstone every fucking day. Sure. Mm. Oh, I, did, mm. I mean, you could. I could. You're, you're I thinking about to. whether you want to. I'm yeah. saying you could. I want to get a campaign of it going because, you know, I have a lot of shit over there. <laughs> and I see at least four copies of Warhammer Quest over there. Yeah. And the Hero Quest. The, yeah, the Hero Quest is pretty cool, though. We'll never play that. And then we got Reich Busters over there. We'll never play that. Well, that, that also won't sell very well either. That's maybe $75 store credit at Noble Knight if you're lucky. Of course, Noble Knight. I like Noble Knight, but, and I've, you've known this, if you if you take, and this is for anyone, uh, listeners, all, all, all four of you, welcome. That goes to any, any, anyone, but I mean, but anyone, if people sell things, Noble Knight online as well. Like they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll send a list and they'll offer Noble Knight is a great place, but they are fucking assholes when it comes to their offers. If if you have something worth $10,000, they will say, we will give you $40. You could counter and say, can I have seven or eight? And they would say, probably say yes, but they will intentionally lowball you so fucking much because people are like, oh, it's what he has. Like, I'm not going to... They they have never blinked at the multiple times I have counter-offered double what they offered. Yeah. They don't even hesitate. Yeah, so now you have to start tripling. You have to start going higher and higher to find what their sweet spot is, but yeah. I mean, they, they, they're in the business to make money, so I mean, sure, they're not they, there to they're, make yeah. you money. Well, Otherwise, yes, they do but consignment. there's a difference in... Cons- like, there's a play- like, I've seen places do consignment, but I've never seen people lowball as bad as them from various markets. It's it's almost <laughs> like if I was like in, in a place where it was just the worst, shittiest... Uh, what the fuck do they call those places where you... Uh, like the pawn shop? Pawn shop. Like, yeah. I think a pawn shop that runs off of meth and, and, and murder would offer you a more fair deal up, up front than Noble Knight. Yeah. Well, also, you could possibly buy it back from the pawn shop, too. Yeah. You can buy it back from Noble Knight, too. I'm just saying, I just think that I, I just think that their lowball is is questionably immoral how low they go on their first offer. Uh, yeah, and, and business, yeah, you're in there for profit, but it, it is... It is night and day the behavior of them as a store versus the behavior of them as a place buying. Because they your want stuff. me as customers, they want me to game there they and play there and build gouge. community. They, they, their prices are fair for things they sell, but they're not fair for things they buy. It's yeah. just weird the discrepancy between those two mm, behaviors. Like you always expect. I mean, if I'm selling something that's worth a lot, I'm always going to get a, a you know a low offer for the buy because I understand they want to sell for a profit. But yeah. their initial, it's just having sold a lot of things over the years to a lot of places, they are by far the most ridiculous initial offer people and again as provable by the fact that you can just double and they'll be like okay yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah i mean the, some, some of the stuff they sell to is uh, is a little bit i I've, i didn't want to get into like a rant on uh, noble knight but some of the stuff they do sell is a little questionable like uh some of the painted miniatures they hold a little bit more value value than what I would consider a painted Well, that's miniature. true. Even yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they probably do. But when you go to like eBay, it's amazing. People say, people just say it's painted and they put the word pro painted in front of it and they don't, you know, don't know what the word pro painted means. But it's they, they, yeah, they have the prices for painted things that people pro. sell. Maybe it's a punctuation. Maybe they mean that the, they think that the fact it's painted is a pro. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> versus a con. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried to think of like something it's like the Lionel Hutz like, thing. <laughs> no money down. Yeah, I want all my sources to look like they got googly eyes. So and I've seen, I, I've done some of the looking at some of the use of an old night. Yeah, and some. I mean, I like the store, I like the people who work there. But at the end of the day, I mean, you, you can call it bullshit when you see bullshit. And sometimes they're they're painted a miniature, and then and especially when you see some of the painted stuff, it's like okay, I get it. It's painted, but technically speaking, someone tripped and paint fell on this miniature versus it's painted cool. well. There's a yeah. there's a there's a difference. Yeah, somebody put had a toolbox and they put the model in there and they put some open paints in there and then they shook the toolbox with all yeah. the tools in there and that's the model you get after it. So it's like broken and it's like googly eyes and yeah. yeah I've done commission work with people who like work there in the past and they like yeah, I, but yeah. obviously at least ahead of time you know that's a whole different scenario because it's buying you know, having individual paint some stuff and whatever. But yeah, that's our noble life story. I guess. I'm Nathan. Hi Nathan. <laughs> How are you? We we skipped that part. Yeah, we did. My name is Brian. <laughs> My name is Andy. So anyway, those fuckers at Noble Night. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have about that. We are frequent guests on our podcast. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I mean, Brian and I both like Noble Night. Yeah. This isn't us like ranting yeah, no, against no. Noble Night. I mean, you and know. This- you, it, we it's just put, an aspect of their company, and I think I, I think like now they're 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 people that buy are like this third party people that come there. I don't think it's like directly their employees. No, they have no, they have a whole no, it's team. A, they it's have a, a whole sub team. Yeah. Okay, that, but that it's like was, separate than the retail people. Like they, they, special they, people who only do that aspect. Of correct. The that was that was actually uh, the position I applied for there. Sure. Okay. And uh, yeah, the pay was. I mean, the pay would be did better you, than what I'm getting right now. <laughs> did you ask for double? Because uh, maybe that was your test. <laughs> I, I did ask for, for a much higher wage. And what I was expecting isn't like my minimum compared to what my previous job was, um, was what they people would be getting there yeah. for working for three, four years. Yeah. Well, and, we, and that yeah. was just not. not That's a no. challenge in retail, though. They don't pay what they should. Although they are, they are getting slightly better. I, I am seeing a lot more starting wages for a lot more places I mean, being you know, more than they, they used to be for starting. Not to say that, though, but I, they were, they offered me the wage. Oh, God, I'm talking about too much shit here. They were offering me a wage uh, less than what I would make at McDonald's starting off. Sure. Yeah. And and they're yeah. they're like at fifteen dollars an hour. So yeah. well, McDonald's is a big mega company who can afford to do that. You know, yeah. even the biggest friendly local game store is still a friendly local game store, no matter how big. Well, their it's actually thing surprising is. how many people are because they they have their they, yeah. they they're, they're split in two divisions. They have their their storefront team and then they have their warehouse team and their buyer team. You know, uh, it's actually an absurd amount of people who work there. Obviously, it's but, not yeah. McDonald's level of retail is yeah. the fucking the fucking worst for pay and for benefits and all that. Like for financial <laughs> reimbursement, you cannot do worse than retail. My, you know, I work at a call center, and my starting phone people at a call center make more money than the highest I made after twenty years of scrambling up the corporate ladder to be a store manager in retail. Yeah, like oh yeah, with the starting wage, just yeah. insane. Yeah, what I start because I started at even my call. I mean, call centers even five, six years ago paid a lot less. I mean, yeah. it's just the last few years, people are are just are realizing they have worth and labor has worth, and, and places are very upsetly. Of course, they then they, they say, well, we have to raise our prices ten thousand dollars because we paid our employees fair. I mean, ignore the millions of dollars to our CEO because yeah. that that's that's important money that we need our CEO the pay, to have. pay discrepancy from you know average worker to. <laughs> 
to the CEO of that place is uh, yeah. The boss makes a dollar, I make a dime is very inaccurate. <laughs> that that is not the pay scale well, ratio for your company time pooping. Before the eighties, it was closer to realistic. In the eighties on, the skew. I forgot what the last percentage was because I, I remember every time I, I look at it too much, I kind of black out from rage. Yeah. So I, I sort of kind of forget what the pay discrepancy is now. But it it, it used to be like you know in the fifteen to twenty range, mm-hmm. and now it's one in the seventy percent. It's just insane. But hey, we don't Reagan like, was charming in those old movies. So crippled, crippled okay. system. We don't like capitalism. Fuck you, capitalism. Hey, you know what? In fairness to capitalism, it's done nothing good ever, <laughs> and destroyed not only society but our planet. Yeah, our planet is going to die because capitalism. Well, to be fair, the people living. I think the planet's going to just sail through fine. We'll be all dead on it. But sure, point, sure. Yeah, I meant as far as inhabitable <laughs> by the current animals on it. That's my favorite. Yes. That's my favorite quote ever. Talking about from George Carlin. Yeah, yeah we're just talking about fine. talking about save the planet, save save the whales and such. No, no, we're not. <laughs> Well, planet's not going anywhere. But the whales might. I mean, yeah, that's, that yeah. is the distinction. Like, we can wipe out 90% of the current species on this planet and take those things with us. Yeah. Like, yeah. we can set a level and say, are you a mammal? Fuck off. Yeah. Like, are you fish? Fuck off. And, like, then just the in- insects and some shrubs will have to repopulate from there. Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. do a good job. I have, I have faith in those insect There's guys. been mass extinctions before. Yeah. It's just never been this close of watching it happen in real time. Yeah, like and, and like the previous mass extinctions, I didn't have to look at like my granddaughter and be like, "You're gonna starve to death." <laughs> <laughs> just knowing that when I see her like playing with toys and watching some she's shitty holding, cartoon show, holding on to your happy. little finger, yeah, and she's like, just happy, and I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna have to like stab people over whatever ounce of water you can drink out of a mud pit." If I had to raise children, which will never happen, you know, weird things would happen. I would have to train them to be like, you have to train them to be like, how how to survive in Mad Max type lines. It'll be worse in different ways, but you got to like what's, at least train them. As much as I, I always hate and thought that, you know, doomsday preppers were what's, insane, uh, now they become more logical every year and it's depressing. What's the guy with the Mohawk in from uh, 2? What? Well, not the guy from the Mohawk. You're think, I, my guess the guy is from the Mohawk in Mad Max 2. Well, I don't know the name of the guy with the mohawk, no. but the guy that I think you're thinking of doesn't have the mohawk. He has the the face on the bar, and that's Iron Bar. The guy with the mohawk is just like the head of the the. I don't know if he even has a name. It's just one of Anti Entity's um, uh, security hmm. guys. The one that he blows the thing off. Her main sidekick is Iron Bar, and he's the one that has like the the Kabuki mask on a that's stick. That's not from two. The guy from two is. Oh, the that's guy from three. Yeah. You're right. I'm thinking yeah. three. From, two. Got his, his, got his fingers chopped. Well, no. Did he lose yeah. one finger? He lost no, no, fingers. No, 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 no. The, the guy with the mohawk doesn't lose his fingers. The 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 the, the hype man with oh. the sunglasses loses his Ew, fingers. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the mohawk guy. Oh, because he tried to ca- the, catch the fucking the boomerang. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the name of the guy with the mohawk in two. I, I remember, he has a distinct name. I just can't remember. I but, but I was saying, thinking it was like you had to get your own tire armor and everything yeah. there to match that. Well, I mean, or not. You can be like the hype guy. Just make sure you're more valuable alive than dead. Yeah. Well, also, don't try to catch Razor. Yeah, also, why? Like, why did he try to catch a razor boomerang? Just let it go away. It's, it's kind of an, uh, it's, like, uh, it's just such an unforced uh, error. It's it's also a scene that's honestly not necessary for the film either. Other than to show how stupid he well, is. Well, they laugh and then she I throws it again yeah. and she kills the boy toy, the one, the Mohawk guy, and he gets all mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it shows, like, the fact that they laugh at him losing his fingers just kind of shows that they're, yeah. they're jerks. Yeah. Yeah. True. But yeah, start uh, start designing your uh, 
your tire armor for for your granddaughter. It, is it the Mohawk guy who has the really amazing stunt that wasn't supposed to go that way, so it looks cool, but the stunt artist like shattered every bone from his waist down doing it? I don't know. Where he like flips like no that wasn't that wasn't that's him. somebody else but that person because that wasn't supposed to happen the only reason they do the flipping is because their shins hit like the edge of the car yeah and just vaporize their bones and so they go cartwheeling through the air yeah practical effects it's a really cool looking <laughs> stunt that was not supposed to look like that kept in the movie like that guy actually injured I mean, himself oh yeah real bad like <laughs> like I'm sure he walked again eventually but those legs were both in casts for a long time. Uh, because that was just like both shins hitting a, a solid surface at many, many, many miles an hour. But it looked really cool, so they kept it in the movie. Did I they, mean, I'm sure they, they had to get shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've. I'm sure he had to get permission from the guy or something like that yeah. in there. It could be but like a I, jackass thing where he's on the stretcher and he gives him the thumbs up and says, "Hey, I broke my shins for this. Keep it in the movie." It's also filmed in Australia, so it's. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, who knows the film laws down there? It is a shame that that movie is extremely... Well, I don't know. It is still different, but the first Mad Max is shockingly boring, and and uh, Road Warrior is eclipsed fairly one-to-one by Fury Road because yeah. they're very, very similar films with well, the whole like, big, chase, big rig chase scene, etc. And so... Thunderdome is still unique. So you have Thunderdome and Fury Road and the other two Mad Maxes, I almost just wouldn't bother watching again. Even though Road Warrior is fucking great. Yeah, they have some great cool I, I like I like Road Warrior. The, the problem with Road Warrior is that it's, unlike Fury Road, it, it is got that amazing chase sequence in there, but it's got a lot of other filler in there. <laughs> Mad Max, I mean, uh, Fury Road is just literally... Yeah, start to finish. Start to finish the the big rig sequence. Yeah, and it's got <laughs> small parts, but they're like these these oasises in in the you know they're they're yeah. breaths. They're a break. They're not whole acts. You know, it's not like the first movie where Mad Max is going to the beach and having ice cream with his family, and you're like, wait, I thought these movies were not like this. It's amazing how not Mad Max the first Mad Max movie is the, if you've only seen two, three, and four. I mean, it, the Mad Max one is just basically a lot of boring, a lot of boring, a lot of boring, kind of cool action sequence. And then, you know, it's... it's, And then a cool ending that I can't remember. I think Watchmen stole it from Mad Max, not the other way around. I always forget which one stole it from the other one. But the way that he... Giant the, penis? Yeah, the huge, the blue. huge blue genitals. No, the uh, the saw and the the handcuff. You know, like mm. you've got five minutes until you die. You won't. It would take you ten minutes to saw through the yeah. handcuff and two minutes to saw through your arm. That whole sequence is in Watchmen and the first Mad Max, and I always forget which one stole it from the. Well, other one. Mad Max is in the seventies. Is basically seventies or very early eighties, and Watchmen, I believe, was written in. Early 80s. Yeah, because the Cause 70s was Alan Moore would have been Miracle Man. Because um, mm-hmm. that's all Alan Moore shtick. I mean, it's po- I mean, Alan Moore does a lot of... Because uh, he doesn't take influences in there. Usually people are influenced by him. He gets influences from Taken. He watched the Liam Neeson movie. Yes. Yeah, it was 86, so it definitely was second. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Only because how time theoretically works. And that could have been taken from some other action film or some, 
you know, that almost sounds like a, a Death Wish type film. It does, but I've oh, I, I, something from it's Death Wish. vividly famous from those two places, and mm. I don't recall it from anywhere else. And it's, it's such Saw. an iconic thing that I think I would have like if I saw it in some random Death Wish movie, I'd be like, "Hey, it's the thing from the stuff," you know. My childhood. They tried to use it in Saw, except for. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's such a bad franchise. <laughs> I can't use my jacket to get the thing. <laughs> Even though I just used my jacket earlier to, to get the thing. Yeah. The, the Saw <laughs> franchise has a few good things. Uh, you know, it has one really good scene transition that's kind of like, you know, there's the shot that everybody remembers in Contact where she's like running up the stairs and then like she runs to the bathroom, but then the whole time you've been watching in the mirror and so it like fucks with your brain because the camera doesn't... Mm. You look it up. It's an amazing scene transition. And um, Watchmen has a very, or not Watchmen, excuse me, Saw like three, I think it's three, has a very similar thing where like a, a, a mirror becomes a window or becomes a door that like somebody walks through and, it, and it's a really cool transition. Like an airplane. Yeah, but not not as a joke. Like it's <laughs> as a scene transition and it works really cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking of games, yeah, we're not transitioning from anything game related to this. I think some of us are getting into Marvel Crisis Protocol a little bit. Well, last time we recorded, I think I was talking about getting some demos of the game, and I was interested by it. I don't think I had played any of it last time we talked, and I've played like a dozen games on Tabletop Simulator since then. I did realize how cool tabletop simulator could be for a th the 3D element for a miniature game where you only have a few models, so you're able to control everything so well. And if the developers who make the app put in a lot of time and effort, how well it, it feels like I'm playing the tabletop on my computer against somebody. Mm. So it's been nice. I've been able to just like learn the game, try out different models, learn different factions, see how... And I've played people casually. I've seen. I've, I've played people who are playing much more serious. So I've really kind of seen. I mean, it's twelve games, so I'm not like an expert or anything. But I've definitely like. I, I feel like I understand a good flow of how everything that what that game is, after a dozen games with enough years of you know miniature gaming history to like fill in the pieces. Uh, I'm going down to Noble Night tomorrow because they have an MCP night every other Monday. I'm curious what the player base is like. On Tuesday, I'm probably going down to Misty Mountain to see what their player base is like. I, I am tempted to get into it in person, but I still want to. I still need a player base locally before I would make that decision. <laughs> like, if I think it's a cool game and would be interested in getting into it, I still need people to play against. I mean, and the, and the fact that I can play it online, and I might even join some. There's various Discord channels that run leagues that I'll probably join that I could play a few games a week on that. So I like Marvel Crisis Protocol a lot based on what I've, I've been itching to play a game. I've also demoed the Batman miniature game, which I thought was kind of neat too. I, I like MCP better, but it was kind of cool. But I don't know. You, you, I know you're, you're quasi interested and in you kind of watch a couple of games being played. I mean, I, the, the only thing that's really holding me back about there is, again, the models. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I have a couple of models already. I've got Magic and Colossus, and that's that's about all I have. Sure. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I like the people. Most most people from there are from the War Machine crew in some way or another. So it's not like we're going to be changing if we end up traveling to to go to events like this. 
I'm not sure how much I'd want to play in events though with with this because it's it feels it feels like it should be more beer and pretzels that we're just going to sit down and play rather than a high end strategy. Well, the game is very scenario based. Even at even at its core, it's all about understanding what scenario you're playing and making sure your models are always moving around the scenario. You know, you can still be bashy versus movie, but you still have to, you know, have some level of controller movement shenanigans or something in your game plan that involves like fighting over territories on the, on the map. Cause some things you pick up and carry some areas you have to control or block things from coming through to it to keep them away, stuff like that. Uh, and I could see potentially going not that far to play in events if, you know, just like more to play the game than, than you know, really take it on as like a serious element uh, to people who want to like, you know, travel. But like uh, conventions like War, War Fair. Fair Weekend, Depticon have pretty big turnouts for those kind of games. So they got big crowds to play. A lot, a lot of people we know from the War Machine days play it, which is kind of nice. If you mm-hmm. were to travel somewhere, you'd see people you haven't seen in a while uh, to play. Yep. I don't. You, you haven't really put too much intrigue into. You know, I don't know if you ever have considered trying it out on any level yet or not. Or I mean, I, was, I, I was, when it first came out at Warfare Week. Well, when it first came out, it was right before a Warfare, Warfare Weekend a few years ago, and so I know. Um, um, why am I blanking? Was on that his 2019? Name? It might have been. Maybe even 2018. I think it could be a couple um, years older. But Jay Jay Larson sure. was do, was doing demo games of it at the Warfare Weekend out there. Yeah, because it was the same year. Maybe it was 18. Was it 18 or 19 or 20? It wasn't 20. So it was either 18. Depends. Or 19. Depends on the year. It was it was. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure. It was the year that I was there doing the the um, Twilight Imperium tournament. Uh, he was doing demo games and that, so I saw some games of it being played. It was it was very very early on in its life cycle. I mean, yeah, it looks like a fine game. I just you know I worry. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I do want to buy into Mark Four. Because mm-hmm. I, I like what they've done with Mark IV. I think it's a healthy place for War Machine to go to. Um, I really am excited about the new um, uh, fucking zombie vampire evil elves faction when they come out. You know, Gorshade's people. Um, and I don't know. It's hard to have multiple miniatures games because I live an hour away, so I'll never get to play any of them that I buy anyway. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the flip side. That's the flip difference for you. It's like I am not going to get into Mark IV with yeah. a smaller model count. There's a, like an outside chance, but it seems very unlikely. Like I don't know, I don't know what they could do to really make me commit to a game like that again. I I just I don't see it. And Marvel Crisis Protocol. You know, you, you have to have 10 models in your roster, but you really only play with four to six. And yeah. you don't, it's not like it's a faction. If you, if, if a new model comes out and you're like, oh, I want, I want to put that Sentinel on my list, even though I'm, I'm mostly playing Web Warriors, I can throw a set. I can like, I can tweak it around. So like one model can change your list up a little bit and sure. you can put in, and, and certain models are better than others. There are some that are more competitive than others, but the people that I see say a lot is you can still play with any model and still have a fair amount of fun. There is a power difference in some of them, but you can still accomplish a lot with any model in the game. And apparently the the current thing that I see, you know, causing uh crisis and controversy within the community is it, it, the first big example of, 
I don't want to say modeling for advantage, but the first big example where like the the model's shape, like there's a new model. I think it has like giant wings or something. Malekith Malekith has a, has a, that a, thing, and the rules you, you can't use proxies, and things fit where they fit, and so the wings will actually affect where you can go with that model. Like, can you go under a thing? Can you go next to a thing? Because all the rules use the physical model. Uh, oh. if, it, if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, doesn't. You can't say, hey, well, this guy's here, but his wings are in the way, so I'm putting a proxy base down. Yeah. So it's the first big example of, again, I don't want to say modeling for advantage, but of the game being affected by your choice in modeling. Yeah. So could so so let's say for Malekith, I could probably like have the wings folded up or something like that? Yeah, just don't glue them on there. And then you, oh. you, you have a strictly better Malekith than somebody who built the model all the way. Hmm. Unless you don't, well, it depends. Do you it depends if you want? Well, you get to remember in this game, a lot of things attack two, three, four, five inches away. So a lot of times, it doesn't matter that you yeah. can't get within an inch of it on on, on one side or the other in a, in a small area because you, most of your attacks are two or three or more a lot of the times. Yeah. Well, and and it's more. It it mostly comes up in because it's not like you measure from the model, like you know, in something like Starship Troopers, but it's mostly for like getting onto or under or adjacent to terrain is yeah. where it comes up the most because like you have to be able to the model has to freely stand on the terrain like you can't have overhang and stuff like that and so those are the things that, that yeah. again I don't play it I just have heard this second hand through the channels I'm in with people yeah. who do play it it's, who won't build a sub channel so I don't have to have 30 fucking alerts when I'm trying to take it it's the well it's only I've, I've yeah it is the only model in the game that has that and and I've been just because I've been learning the game, I've joined a couple discords and I'm on a few groups and I, I haven't seen like the larger community really talk about that problem. I, I it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it is a corner case scenario and you could cause a thing, yeah. but really in, re in the reality, it hasn't been an issue. Yeah. To be but clear, again, I'm not saying this game is fucked because it's a thing. I'm just saying like, this is the current kerfuffle because this is the mm -hmm. first time it's really been an issue yeah. and it's, it's not a huge issue, yeah. but this is like, Oh, wait a second. It's about this size issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, because because I'm not getting and I, and I I do kind of want to get out of the house, yeah, a little bit yeah. more. So I kind of want to. I'm kind. I'm trying to. It's not that I'm like really super into any particular game. It's just like oh, there's people doing something that I could have fun with. I need to get out of the house. Yeah. So I'm really thinking about you know figuring out which. That's why I, I demoed Batman. Honestly, the game of right before the pandemic, the Game of Thrones game was really picking up steam. And I think there's still some gameplay there, but people kind of got out of it because of the pandemic. And that uses movement trays and it's rank and file and they use things to move. Uh, I got a whole starter set right over there. Yeah. Star Wars wanted. Legion is, has a pretty big following locally. So I'm kind of just checking out these different things. Like something's going to get my money, but it would be, and, and, I, I, and I do kind of collect the Fallout miniature game. I'm going to go next Sunday and play it. Oh, actually, yeah, if I'm doing that, you're doing a thing. That's I know. Well, I could figure them both. I can. I can fit them both in. Okay. Uh, but it's like here's the thing I was I was supposed to do, uh, but I'll work it out. But like I want to just do something. I'm just trying to increase my activity. I've I, since the pandemic. I mean, we're I'm doing more. We're playing D and D and whatnot. But I want to get into some sort of community of thing. And I Marvel might be it, especially the fact that I can play a ton of it on tabletop and. If I buy into it, now I have a real good idea what models I want to buy, and it really shrinks down how much I would spend on it. So that's kind of cool, too. Speaking of spending on stuff, uh, Big Cave Monster in the chat brought up something that I think is an interesting topic that I was talking to some people at Gen Con about, um, and I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast just because we've only had one or two since Gen Con anyway. But um, the price for entry into War Machine Mark IV is interesting because if you want to start playing War Machine Mark IV, 
you buy the box for your faction that costs you two hundred dollars. Is it two hundred or three hundred? It's two hundred. Two hundred. It's two hundred okay. for two- for just the starter that's going to have a caster, a couple units, and it, it it's a full fifty point army. Okay, you put you can play at the full fifty point level with this because it's units, it's caster, it's solos, it's jack. It is a full on thing, and if you buy two of them, you're at field allowance for your faction, so you're just done buying your faction. If you buy two of those, uh, obviously for now, like more things will come out in time. But the sure. point is, if you want to play the game at fifty points, you are spending two hundred dollars, and that's a barrier to entry because if you think to current or you know previous or whatever, you could buy the battle box for like fifty bucks. So people could get into the game for fifty bucks, which is a much lower barrier to entry. Obviously, fifty versus two hundred, but you aren't actually getting into the game for 50 bucks. It's almost a no. trick because now that you've invested 50 bucks, you're obligated to spend another $200 before you're actually playing the game. Even even then it's even more expensive too cuz units will be going 50 to $60. Right. Um and extra jacks are 35 to $40. Right. And if you're looking for a character jack, that's, you know, $50 again. Yeah, you'd probably spend more like three, $400 before you were playing at the equivalent of what this $200 starter box is. Yeah. So it's this interesting situation where getting into it is you have to jump a further threshold, but then you're all the way in for half as much as you would have in the old day. You just can't nickel your dime your way there. So it feels more expensive for that first purchase, but in reality, it's much cheaper. Yeah. Which is what also for the Batman game was tempting to me is you buy gangs and there's, there's, there's a few neutral characters, but you buy the gang box, you have the gang and you can, th- you know, you can add a little, but you really, the entry, the dollar number isn't too extreme. Yeah. Which is and that doesn't matter to some, you know, you know, money is money, and with the world falling apart, you're probably gonna save some of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I you know shock. You, 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 all your money should be spent on simple pleasures, weapons, and canned goods. Yeah. Those are the only thing things that have value in a couple of water. Yeah. Um, of but yeah, water. so I mean, that's the thing is like it's it's kind of this. I understand why. I understand both sides of it. Like for the people who are thinking about getting into the game, it's like, fuck, I have to, it's $200 just to start. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it's also $200 to be done to an extent. Obviously you can get the second one if you want to play bigger games, but 50 points is a, is a playable size. It gets you options. They're magnetized stuff versus the $50 to start or $40 or whatever a starter box was. But in reality, you ain't even started. You have, you have one caster you probably aren't going to use. You can play a battle box game, which is very rarely done, and you pretty much you got to spend more money to get into it. Half those battle boxes, once you actually got into the game, you maybe used one of the jacks, and that was what you had out of that battle box. So they were good for demos and 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 getting people invested so they then felt like, well, I guess I play this game now. I have to spend another $300 to build the thing I actually want to play. I'm just trying to think of some of the jacks that are in some of the battle boxes, what you actually used past that point. I mean, eventually, Cricks used a bunch of Slayers. Um, well, I mean, they had their little Death Rippers, you know, so they had yeah. those are great for their Arc Nodes, and Denny One was a good cast. Like, Cricks might have had the best battle box as far as percentage of things that you continued to use. Um, Fair enough. But, yeah. but a lot of them were like no, like troll yeah. bloods and stuff. It's never like use the yeah, impalers, I'm not using use... any of those models. Yeah. Who's playing Magic One, or tr- an impaler or axers, except people who that's what they have because they're still trying to build an army. Yeah, yeah. No, true I, that. I'm I'm really curious to see how how everything's fleshed out once once they add in all the all the actual forces. Uh, that's supposed to be at the end of October. I want to say mm-hmm. like right before Warfare Weekend. 
is the when those are announced. Yeah. I went hmm. down to uh, Noble Night on Friday mm-hmm. for the War Machine actors. They had to the crew, and they were they were playing 40k because that's what they do on Fridays now. But I was like, you guys are in real danger having to play 40 or having to play War Machine in the near future. They seemed excited by the idea. Yeah. Yeah. They're all and people are. You know, people who are in the game and who still own stuff want to like try out a new new additions. Do bring a lot of hype and energy. I mean, I'm I'm not too interested in playing uh, Mark IV until when Mark IV actually is released because we're still technically in that beta phase. We're in the beta phase, yeah. But and that's and I'm too yeah. lazy to look at the rules for my convergence stuff. Like <laughs> I'll probably just shelve them and just buy the new like the Dusk faction and be like, you know, that's what I play. It is cool that like like convergence because it's a mini faction. I think 100% of the models are going to be brought over. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a sub thing. Uh, but even still, I'm just too lazy to, <laughs> to look at that I mean, for now. We'll see what it is after beta. I look at it like this. and I, I, I'm not a very good beta tester. I, I've been in a lot of betas for, for a while and, and stuff there. And you get to the point of where you learn something, how it's supposed to be, and then the game is released and it's something different. And then you just feel like you kind of wasted your time. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just going to wait till beta's done. I, I, I'll, I'll look at things here and there, but I really want to learn Mark IV as it's released, not yeah. Mark IV as it's developed. Um, yeah, because so, you also then can, like, if you like something in the beta and it changes, we talked about this last time with, you know, yeah. how things can, can change and, and, and it can you get invested in the current form. Yep, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, Technically, it's not going to be out until next year. So 2023 is when I'm really going to start really looking more into into it. It's not to say I'm not going to be amazed by cool things that are coming out. I am going to check out like a couple of my factions once they get their uh, actual releases. Um, like I'd like to see what Cephalix are. Yeah. It, it would be like, I don't know the timing and stuff of when things are, but it, it would be nice to see if Mark IV is out, out and ready for actual release events come Adepticon. Yes. That'd be really cool. Uh, it's relatively early in the year, you know, because it's, it's it's March this year or is it April? Adepticon always flip-flops between the two, whichever. Uh, I, yeah, so I it's about a quarter to a third of the way through the year. So if we're lucky, it'll be out by then and we'll be able to actually see what the gameplay is like in its finished form. And I got a lot of cricks I can lend to Brian for if he wants to, <laughs> to mess around with it. Shenanigans. Cricks died. They lost, they lost their place. Yeah, well, you know, Torok's sleeping, biding mm. his time again as any immortal, a, 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 an undying thing that can be killed should always play it safe. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. But yeah, until then, I'm, uh, well, I've, I've, I finally got a, assembled all of the, the He-Man Battleground stuff, and I'm uh, going to be working on painting that. It's going to be I, my, my next goal. There's a currently a Kickstarter for an expansion to Necromolds, so I'm back in that, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> can't really paint those, Necromolds. This expansion is paintable, actually. Oh, because no. Necromolds, it's, it's, it's the goofy thing I got uh, that I Kickstarted. It's it's a it's a small scale, like a, a Marvel Crisis Protocol-sized skirmish game, but the way you build your army is that you have a certain volume of Play-Doh, and each oh, yeah. you just form them with these molds into the models, and so the bigger things are stronger, but they use up more Play-Doh. That's their point buy system. But the expansion has WYSIWYG style weaponry. They're like like plastic weapons and armor that you just stick in their hands or on their head if they got a helmet. So you could paint that. There you go. 
It's actually it's actually a surprisingly okay game from the rules, mm-hmm. and it uses widgets. You're all about widgets. I am. I am. A, I'm a widget guy. It's a widgets, and it's uh, well, uh, grid based for battleground. Yeah, like He like Man's yeah. He all grid based now. The new He Man miniature game. Got it. Although yeah, it looks yeah. so fucking good too. Maybe it's good. Could be good. I mean, the videos I've watched on it, people seem to be happy. At least people making the videos are happy. The uh, just because it's blatantly cashing in on your '80s nostalgia and therefore doesn't have to be good, it doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I, they make the effort to be something good despite not needing to be the good. Board Hex. game, the board game geek rating is actually has me surprised because it's uh, it's sitting at an eight point four. Yeah, but how much of that is I love He Man ten out of ten. Board game geek, it's hard to keep a high number. A lot of yeah. times you get the the people who've been on board geek for ten years, and if they see a game get over eight, they get like a hate <laughs> erection, and then they go like they go swarm the games and, and fuck their ratings over. Yeah. If a new game is popular, God, they get so mad. My game from the seventies is still good. Fuck your new games with your pictures and stuff. <laughs> they just get so. How dare you enjoy the new thing? Also in hexes, you got little battle tech, which is always fun to play. I saw new miniatures, and I saw like a new like line of. I mean, it's the same. It's always the same battle tech models, but like I saw like a new like new molds and new models or new people making new. Like, one of my friends sets. posted on to Facebook uh, his battle tech game that took all the the hex bases that were from um, HeroScape. Sure. And they rebuilt it up, so it's 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 all using the hex bases from HeroScape. Yeah, with battle tech. That sounds like a great with, idea. Yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah, using hex. Yeah, using that HeroScape stuff for that is is a great idea. They were very clever to do that. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Yep. So apologize, kind of with the short cast again, but uh, everyone's got to get food all the damn time. Yeah, we got like we got like a half. 20 to 30. I mean, also, too, I, th- I think 60 to 90, 90 minutes is a much better Ease into it with the hour-long ones. We don't want to bloat to two hours right away. It's not like we have value for more than an hour. Correct. And currently, I'm sure we don't have a lot of zappity grumbles, so we can probably segue in. What we should do is segue in, in, into recommendations because we can talk about random shit for 20 minutes and then see if some some questions come from chat and stuff. I have, a rec- I have two recommendations. I have one. Maybe two, just because I I offhandedly mentioned something during during the podcast that a lot of people have probably never even heard of. But you go first. My first recommendation is a movie called Black Phone. I saw it yesterday. It's a it's a technically it's a horror movie because it is horror related, but uh, it's very cool. It's about it takes place in the late seventies. Uh, it's about this guy who kidnaps kids. And the gimmick is he puts them in a room and there's a black phone in the room and uh, it just goes from there. It's very, very cool. I had heard a lot of positive things about it, but just because I hear a lot of positive things about a horror movie doesn't always mean I'm going to enjoy that horror movie. But I would, I think this is a fairly good horror movie that most people who enjoy horror would like. It's and he's got that one guy who's awesome. Ethan, well, Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Ethan yeah, Hawk yeah, Ethan plays Hawk. the grabber. He's the bad guy. He takes the kids. He wears very, he has a collection of very creepy masks Let's he wears. Let's not jump to calling someone who kidnaps and assumedly murders children as being the bad guy. Sure. Maybe sure. they deserved it. I apologize. Being very judgmental about Mr. Grabber there. Sure. He's doing a public service. But he is referred to as the Grabber. That's his game, his name. That's, that's, that's what they call him. 
but it's very cool. It's, it's just got a kind of a neat cast. You'll recognize. You'll it's those movies you watch. Oh, I know that. I know that actor. I know that. I know that person from that thing. That's you do a lot of that when you're watching. Uh, when you're watching the uh, black phone. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I don't know. It, it, I think it, I think it just came on to be rentable for like your because normally when things go on Amazon to rent, there's that first two weeks where you can rent it for twenty dollars. You know, then it goes down to like the normal like five or six dollar rental cost or whatever it does after that. So that's my first recommendation, and my second re recommendation is I want to play more more Marvel more Marvel Crisis Protocol on, on Tabletop Simulator. So if any any listeners like to play Tabletop Simulator and like Marvel Crisis Protocol, I would play against them. True story. Which which is something that uh, I'll I'll be posting up the, our Discord details in the next week. Very ask cool. us on there. I guess most of us would be up for playing just about anything online too. If you just ask us, even Dead by Daylight or WoW or Gwent. Yeah, we play a wide variety of games on mm -hmm. the interwebs. Yeah, I'm back in Gwent real hard, I'm playing a shitload of it. They had they had a couple like events in a row, and I'm like, yeah. Plus, they they brought back something that was really cool. Like a lot of games have like your your. Uh, battle pass or whatever mm -hmm. for you know you pay your ten dollars for and then for like two months if you play your ass off like it's a full time game you get rewards and stuff. Um, Gwent just brought back all of them and just said there they all are. Just there's a menu you open up and say this is the one I want to be playing on currently and so they're all no longer time limited. I could spend the next three years unlocking everything on all of them, uh, which is really cool. There is there's a I can't remember what company does that. They they had uh, like a battle pass that. Uh, Maybe maybe it's uh, Fortnite. Some place I that I've seen recently has got a battle pass that basically you you pay for the battle pass and then you just have it. You could just yeah. unlock it whenever you go. Um, I I winced a little bit when you mentioned battle pass because I was just listening to an article about uh, about uh, Blizzard's uh, battle pass for Overwatch, which their heroes the new heroes are actually on the battle pass. So you could just pay for the battle pass and just get that hero right away. Or you could earn it, but the hero is so high up in the battle pass, so it's like one out of 100. Yeah. The hero is at like 55. Sure. So is it pay to win? Kind of. It's well, you pay skip to the play grind. that character. You skip, you the, skip grind. the grind. Yeah. Which, oh. Again, a game is supposed to be fun, not a grind. If if I'm paying you for the privilege of not playing your game, that says something. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, but what I find annoying is whenever I'm online in a conversation, people, for example, Evil Dead, people are like, well, I would play Evil Dead except there's not a grind. And I'm like, <laughs> but is it fun? Yeah, I have a lot of fun. Well, does it need a grind? Well, I, I, why, why, would I why would I play for fun? I, I, need, I, need, I need a treadmill. I'm like, you... you and I, I and they get so mad. Like, well, why don't you just play it for fun? Like, well, no, I, there's no, there's no reason to play. There's no treadmill. I'm they need like, the Skinner box, right? They need, they need, the, you know, they the, need a blood web. Uh, so yeah. many people, and it's like it's such a huge number of people that I argue with. That just like they like, it drives me nuts. Yeah. So I think gamers are terrible because well, they, <laughs> the internet is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like. If it is weird though, right? Like if Dead by Daylight had no blood web, no blood points, it would fail. You you just the instant you had all the characters, all the perks were available, all the like playing a co like playing the the, the custom matches that yeah. you can play with your friends. If online was like that, where you could just pick any character, any perks you wanted, any add-ons to any items, and you never you never gained any blood points. Yeah, and why why fail? If you enjoy the game, 
the grind should be purely negative. When I played 800 hours of Overwatch, there was never any. Well, I mean, the only grind was you could have, like, you could go from a silver to gold and that reset every color yeah. so often. But but that was even if people were like, well, I, I want to be the next tier. Like, that, like that, that nonsense sure. mattered to people. And it was so, I mean, it mattered to me from time to time. Well, then you, you but you got points to get, like, golden weapons versus yeah. regular weapons. So there was still <laughs> some little. But I played the game because primarily it was fun. Like, I, the first, I, I played non competitively, like, 90% of the time I played that game because it was just fun to play yeah. with friends. Heroes, Heroes of the Storm, we played because it was just fun to play with friends. There was no, like, need to unlock stuff. And now yeah. people mm. just need. I had to unlock every stitch of skin I could I, possibly. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> well, that, that's just buying skins. That's not even, I mean, that's not. They like, never had a Lost Vikings announcer pack, so they never had anything that I would pay for. I, <laughs> I paid for, like, a 90, I think, maybe 80 to $90 toy. Just so could I, I could have a stitches skin. But you yeah. got the toy too. I did get the toy. Yeah, I have go. a cool little stitches, and then I got the the bikini stitches. <laughs> Fucking inexcusable <laughs> that there's no Lost Vikings announcer pack. Sure. Yeah. You you and have three never will characters. You can have the color commentator, the straight guy. The I mean, they can inter. Um, it's like Blood Bowl where you got the two guys with the talking and they say mm-hmm. things. Uh yeah, those are both good recommendations. Good for you. Yay. Um, I am going to mention, so it, it flies under the radar. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know about it because Watchmen eclipsed it because it came just a couple years later. But if you like that aspect of like superheroes are terrifying, actually, well, Watchmen is more like superheroes are pathetic losers, actually, um, except for the mm. one that like <laughs> Night are, Owl, are you, Silk Spectre, Ozymandias, is the comedian. They're all our, fucking losers our, is what it's going into. Our audience but, knows what the boys is. The boys is good, but no, this is this is the flip side. This, this is, is more invincible? along the lines. This is more along the lines <laughs> of an invincible with the Omni Man or one of those things. Is before he did Watchmen, uh, Alan Moore had a sixteen issue run on Miracle Man, who is a very easier generic Superman ripoff. There's so many of those guys that are like Superman, yeah. or whatever. But like he's like, you know, the world's fucked over. How about if I just tell the UN what to do, and they have to because I'm a god, and like. If he's doing it for the right reasons, but you're still, you know, that's a terrible thing. And so it's that same kind of um, inversion of the superhero mythos that you that people like out of Alan Moore and out of stuff like The Boys. But I think Marilyn, Miracle Man has been kind of forgotten about and eclipsed by his later things. So if you haven't read Miracle Man, Alan Moore's run on it, which you can get in a trade paperback, mm-hmm. obviously, um, I would recommend picking that up. Honestly, a lot of uh, Alan Moore stuff. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to, out of, of all the shitty artists that came out of the 90s, uh, Rob Liefeld, he had his own uh, Extreme Studios, and out of there came a, a book that was actually really good called Supreme. Sure, yeah. And that's that's basically, basically what if Superman was an asshole and went out and just killing other things? He, that's, he's got it's Thor's a, hammer. It's a fun genre. Got, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's there, go on. No, sorry, that's, I, I haven't heard of that particular that miracle before. man. Yeah, yeah, it just got equipped so much by by you know it's kind of like everybody saw Pulp Fiction and then you're like yeah well you got to see Reservoir Dogs. Nobody watched it at the time, but now that you know that Tarantino can do this shtick, you should see where it started. And Miracle Man is kind of that. It's it's Alan Moore's Reservoir Dogs to the the Tarant to the Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. 
Brandon Sanderson also has a book that's kind of the same idea. Super people got superhero powers, and they just break the world. They just divide the world up. All the most powerful yeah. ones just take parts of the country. They destroy the armies, and it's just a terrible world because the superheroes are powerful. And they're like, why would we fucking be nice to anybody? Yeah, because we're we're gods. Fuck it's you. Like Planet Hulk. There, there's <laughs> yeah. there's a great. It's one of the the iconic things from it. I mean, for his forgotten as, but there's a great part in Miracle Man where like he's talking to like the UN. It's like we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, and and like Margaret Thatcher's like, well, no, no, we can't let you do that. And he goes, let me. And then she just like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's like that would just be too bad for the economy. You can't. This this we're not having a conversation here, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I am telling you what is happening. Well, she was very reasonable and well-loved. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking hell, Margaret Thatcher. Maybe I'll go to England and piss on her grave. That would be a good vacation. Um, and then uh, the other thing I want to recommend is, and I I, I didn't, I, I, five years ago, I did not think, or three, time has no meaning. X number of years ago, I never thought I would say this, but I'm really enjoying this Game of Thrones season. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Yeah. It's got great characters, great intrigue, a lot of uh, stuff going on. Highly recommend the new season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> says Nathan in the year of our Lord 2022. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got a whole different showrunner. You have a you, do. you have a whole different. You have <laughs> all their behind the scenes interviews and stuff is throwing D and D under every bus they can and throwing more buses on top of that bus. They're like these fuckers torched the franchise. I swear it's going to be good were they, again. Were they were they in charge of the the entire series or did they pick up like halfway through the season? No, they were they were in They're charge entire, the thing. whole time. But what happened is they they reached a point where they no longer were just filming what Martin told them to, so they yeah, actually yeah. were doing their own show. And that's when it turned to shit. And then they decided that they wanted to go do Star Wars instead. And that's when it turned to mega shit because they burned it down. Hmm. Like that last season is one of the reasons the last season is so fucking terrible is because it's six episodes covering 30 episodes worth of stuff. That's why everybody teleports everywhere. It's why Danny goes from hero to villain in four seconds flat. And the only reason it was only six episodes is because they're like, we want to leave. And HBO and all the writers and all the actors are like, we could do like two more seasons, 12 episodes each. We got plenty of material. They're like, fuck you. We're going to go do other stuff. And they burned the show to the ground. Hmm. And then they got fired. And then they got nothing because they burned a show to the ground. Yeah. And it's. And I just thought it was... And obviously what we're seeing here is you're seeing different showrunners who can make good Game of Thrones content and they have the concepts from, from George Martin, but they're still doing things on their own. Like they, Because the time period that the book is based on, he wrote some stuff, but he, he didn't write like... He wrote like a summary of the world at a time. So they're just... They're making up the show based on his notes of a world at a time. And he does have some input to the show like he did before... But they, but the showrunners have skill and talent. It okay. is funny that there are currently two fantasy shows airing that are based on well beloved book series, and they're based on an appendix like to those book series, not the main series themselves. And I don't hate either of them, but I'm only recommending one of those two. The other one is like, eh. But we'll see I, where it goes. I haven't seen it. I'm I haven't watched the Rings of Power yet. Where Rings of Power going? We'll I definitely like. It's halfway through the season. It needs to go somewhere. Um, but I but mean, they're going to do five fucking seasons of that. I can't believe. Well, my it. idea with that it's based on stuff. There's a, there's a lot of. I mean, that is such a his. But it's the Pentax is based on is very thick in dialogue and yeah. very thick on. So I don't mind that they're taking their time because they are going to layer on a lot. I mean, there's a lot of wars coming in that show. There are a lot of insane battles and chaos and i think they're doing 
I don't mind the groundwork that they're laying. I think they realize it's going to get batshit crazy, and they yeah. want to have a, a slightly better foundation. And like game, like this season, this season of Game of Thrones, they're having time jumps. Things are jumping around yeah, every single episode. Like the, one of the early conversations, somebody be like, "Well, you know, it's been two years since last yeah. episode," because they're just like, "Fuck it, but it move, but move, they, move." But they're flowing at a mm-hmm. at a way that doesn't feel bad. I think the time jumps in season eight of Game of Thrones technically aren't bad because they. It's people that we don't like the whole point in the first couple seasons is seeing, okay, this world's big. It takes this long to get from point to A to B, but they still, I mean, it didn't have to be as clunky as they did in eight. It could have been a natural transition of like a month. It's just simply calling out time and they couldn't be bothered to do that. So it felt more awkward when it didn't need to be at yeah. any level. It could have well, easily been yeah. explained in a sentence. But except, I, I mean, yes, but they'd have to change. They'd have to have put effort into it because the issue is they'd have two, you know, you have all these disparate plot lines going on at the same time because they always did because you're juggling all this stuff. And one part would have that journey that would take six months there and six months back. And it's fine to just say a year later and their journey is done, except your other storyline is just the next day. And yeah. so instead of making that work, this year journey is just a teleportation there and back so that it keeps in sequence with the other plot line that was just a day. Yeah. And, and they, they, they couldn't make it work to do that. It, it seemed it seemed like Which is exactly basically, why the book series died because he couldn't do it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he can't either. He, he well, lost all. I mean, you lost all motivation. It's basically when, when people on the Internet basically predicted what he was going to be doing with his books, you kind of lose the motivation to... I think it's part that it's part people figuring out Jon Snow's heritage, but it's also part he specifically got the books to a point where he could say, and then five years later, but half the characters are someplace where you can just say, okay, Arya trained for five years. Jon Snow guarded the wall for five years, you know, but some of the characters you're like, no, like shit's happening right now. Like they're stuck up a tree and there's wolves around them and the the forest's on fire. You can't just say five years later. I need to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so he's got several plates juggling and he can't just do a time jump. And the, his plan was always to do a time jump. Which It's not just because he's a creepy old pervert that all of like the girls are 12 years old and the boys are 13 years old. They were supposed to jump to being adults for the second half of the series, but he can't. Because he just fucked up on two or three of them, where they're in a position where that won't work. Yeah. Mm. But you could, and you could see even in book four, he really lost what he was yeah. doing. In book five, is it's, it's more out of control. I mean, that's fine, and not every author can can land an ending. And I, <laughs> I do, I do dislike greatly when someone's like, "Well, Martin would end the books better," and I'm like, I think they're going to be the same. I think some things will play out slightly better, but it's the same core things are happening. So if you don't like the fact that Bran is king, I'm pretty sure that was his end goal too. I think if you hate that. You know, the Wildlings got stopped in Winterfell. That's probably what he would have. I mean, now he has the opportunity to possibly change some of that if he ever gets around to it. Right. He got famous. He got popular. That guy loves his anthology stuff he I wouldn't with. write any more books if I was him. Yeah, why? If you, have, if you have Martin's current life, why would you put an ounce of effort into anything ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy his life. Let him move on. We can all be mad about it. I still, I can find some happiness in parts of seven and eight personally. I don't hate it on the level others hate it. I am disappointed greatly in a lot of it, but there are moments throughout both seasons I can still sit back and enjoy because I just, that's just my, how my brain works. But I can't say they are good yeah. on any level. And even those fun. moments, I think, don't reach the high. I mean, I, I guess I don't know which moments and, and how much they, you know, you personally enjoy them. But for me, yes, there's moments in seven and eight that I'm like, that's a good moment. But like, they're not as high as like, <coughs> you know, 
you look at previous seasons and you got shit like the the hound eating every chicken in that room you know sure. like like i i feel like even if it's best seven and eight never got that good i think and what, the thing in eight that i love was the first episode where they're, where they're having everyone's just hanging out at winterfell second episode they're second they're just having to, yeah, they're just the having a discussion the that is a great episode. all these people are interacting they 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 they, they, they knight uh, the Brienne. Brienne, yeah. All that is just so good. And I think because they shit on that so hard, it makes it that much more annoying. Because that scene, that, that most of the episode is like 90% great in my if opinion. If the next episode, every single one of those characters died, the season would have been better for it. Because none of nothing that all that would have been them. so emotionally invested. And yeah, nothing. Like Brienne survives and then does nothing. Yeah. Samwell survives and does nothing. You know, Jamie survives so that he can shit on his character and ruin seven seasons worth of character arc and then do nothing. And then die. Well, then, like, then, then die. Yeah, and then, like, like yeah. well, and, and, and in an irrelevant way. Yeah. He, he goes, my character is ruined and then dies. He doesn't yeah. accomplish anything, which means he could have just fucking died. All those people could have died and their character arcs would have been better. That second episode would have been so much more impactful because it would have been these people's last moments. Uh, yeah. Just... That shit. Yeah. Why? 70% of the people that offended will winter fellowship. And it also felt weird because you see them attack and then an episode episode after there's still a thousand dro- uh, things. Yeah. It's like it's, the yeah, Death Rocky. Yeah. yeah it's they like, they you, just keep resurrecting the Death Rocky. Yeah. It felt so <laughs> awkward. From there on, it really it really started having some problems. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I didn't really attribute it that much to the showrunners. I, I attributed it to. There was no source material. But you could, I, yeah. I know that Martin gave the him boxes, all the you know, all Bran the, is king, blah blah blah. Well, gave him all the Cliff jacket, Notes in yeah. that, but, but the current season's doing fine with Cliff Notes. They they could have yeah. done it better because yeah. Cliff Notes aren't like you just like put fucking Post-it notes down. All the Dothraki die in this charge. Okay, so just don't have any more Dothraki for the rest of the show. Yeah. Or change that first post-it note to half the Dothraki die, and then you can have some more Dothraki later on. You can't fucking do both. Yeah. And it's just a matter of what did you just do? Live by it. The council meeting at King's Landing in season seven, I love too, when they when they bring the dead down to him and they yeah. have that whole interaction with Cersei and, and some of the dialogue between the characters. Clyborn's like, ooh. Yeah, I really <laughs> love that. And I don't care. I don't care. If, maybe it's cheesy, but the whole finally seeing the Dothraki charge the Lannister uh, supply lines and the oh, dragon yeah, flying, yeah, the dragon, yeah. like just visually, that was just. Uh, I actually think even from the very first episode, even when the show was at its height, I don't think the show ever handled large scale scale battle very well. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the way. I think that's a, that's a challenge for a lot of shows. It's yeah. not really their fault, but I think large scale combat is nine out of ten not done well. That was like the only mi- that in the village where the undead attacked the village are the only two massive fight scenes Hard that I yeah. actually. That I actually liked in the entire show. I mean, everything else. Hard Home was such a Hard Home was a great episode, a great scene. Yeah, yeah. And I love the because it just they're just they're just traveling around. They're like, oh hey, what's that over there? Then suddenly the Death Death Rocky army is coming at him, and the dragon. We can we can maybe we can stop the charge, and then the dragon. You hear the roar, and you're just like, oh, they are so (laughs) fucked. And then there's that moment where. Braun has a crossbow aimed at the at the dragon. You're like, I don't want Braun to die. I don't want the dragon to get hit. Like your brain, it's like, yeah. you know, that I loved. But there is so much shit that surrounds that stuff. It's it's just yeah. nice, good moments. Those are the nuggets of corn that if yeah. you clean it out and rinse it off, maybe it would be a delicious corn kernel. But it is in a log of shit. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just stuff like, and and whenever I talk about like salvaging a movie that's bad or a TV show that's bad or the, whenever I like, like the things that, to me, it's always just following what you set up previously, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, because you wrote scene A, you can control the result in scene B. So if you want result B, change setup A, or if you've done setup A, change result B. When things don't match, that's 
the worst failure in writing to me. Yeah, it's, it's you know, like, it's, and it sticks. It stands out. It yeah. It's it's again like I always talk about the. I hate the the RoboCop remake. I think that's a terrible fucking movie. But to me, what would have been interesting? They set up with Ed Two Hundred Nine gunning down a kid with a kitchen knife that their AI can't understand threat levels then they set up that he is running on that ai so great you've set that up have him malfunction have him shoot a kid you know you don't have to kill it i understand it's not a dark fucking thing but you know have him pull his gun on his own son you know and then he doesn't realize he's on the ai so he blames himself you know and you have an emotional thing you've set this shit up instead ed 209 gunning down a kid is just because they thought it would be a cool scene and it's like yeah you didn't use it. You you planted these seeds. You grew it, and then you refused to harvest it. You had that choice. And they they get rid of the villain in such an awkward, inconvenient, yeah. just awful way. As far it's a, and I hate that when they like get to the end of the bad guy. The bad guy hasn't actually done anything too terrible. So they, they, they make him be evil. They make him be evil all of a sudden. Yep. And, I, and that happens in literature sometimes. I'm reading a book. I'm like, okay, the bad guy's bad, but he's got sides. But then oh no, we used to this really terrible thing out of the blue. Like why? And they know oh, because we can kill him. Yeah. I mean. I think the the reason why RoboCop 2016 was it 2014 whichever I, whatever year it was I think the reason why that RoboCop didn't work is because it didn't have the heart of where the original RoboCop came from which is basically Judge Dredd well and, which is and the parody the, satire. the, parody, yeah, the parody of of American American law enforcement is really what you take the Judge Dredd parody of American law enforcement, and then you take the Paul Verhoeven parody of '80s capitalism excess. Yes, you yeah. know, with the car that gets gallons per mile instead it's, of miles per gallon, the the SUX. Yeah, like that's what makes it great. You know, it isn't just a cool action flick with a sleek black robot man. No, no, and that's yeah, that's what they try to do is they try to clean it up. They tr- they took out basically the heart of the film, which is which is the parody. So those are my recommendations. <laughs> what do you got, Andy? My recommendation, um, we just got done. So Jim and I, we were always behind on, on TV shows and such because uh, we don't go into excess and consume it all in a week. Um, but we got done well, watching. you are very busy with your time, so you don't have the option to do that. Correct. Well, I You're d- swamped. I, I, like, I like watching my shows with other people. So if he's busy, yeah, I mean, that's fair. That, that is a fair comeback. Yeah, so, um, but we just got done watching The Sandman. And uh, the Sandman um, is is a fucking amazing show. I still um, haven't watched it, despite loving the 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 original source, the, the original, source the material. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I I remember snippets of the original source material. I I, did, I mean I read that back in nineties. So how is twenty four hours? Which I think was episode five in this one. The diner was it like? Uh, the diner one was kind of neat. Uh, the, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that's yeah. like the infamous, uh, chapter from Prelude to Nocturne, which is the one that the first season's based on. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, was it Dr. Dream? I think is that guy's name where he's, he's got a hold of the Dreamstone and he holds all the people hostage. It, it, he shit. doesn't call himself that though. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, he just holds people hostage to keep people honest and, you know, madness ensues. Yeah. Um, overall, the, the story was well done. Uh, I liked all the characters in it. Um, it, <laughs> it had, a, had, a, had the ability to introduce a character and then have me two minutes later, really upset that that character is gone. <laughs> so there, there's a small spoiler in there, but, uh, just, yeah, it was, it was, it was upsetting. A lot of great actors scattered about the about the shows, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys um, want? What's what's next on the docket? Now that you finished up those shows. Uh well, we're we're on Cobra Kai again because Cobra Kai is fucking amazing. 
that, that show has no reason to be as good as it is. It, it'd still be going on five seasons into it being as good as it is still You'd is. think they would have gone on. I mean, <laughs> the way that the storyline has escalated into a full-fledged like karate war, you'd think that would make the quality of the show lose a little bit, and somehow it doesn't. I mean, they, they went from basically having stakes of... of one small karate community in 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 California to worldwide domination, <laughs> trying to stop that, yeah, and it is. and it hasn't really gone too far over the rails. Yeah, it's not gone off the rails, and but when you like, if you try to just yeah, you explain it, and it sounds off the rails, but it's not off the rails. Again, it's it's not about the 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 destination; it's about the journey, right? And that calls back to what I'm saying. If if each of those steps in the escalation was justified and explained by the previous part, yeah. that's good writing. What you write doesn't matter as long as it flows naturally to the next step. And so if they're able to walk that tightrope, it, it, it doesn't matter how precarious it is. They're putting one foot in front of the other and they're getting to where they want to be because they justify each step through the previous one. Yeah. When we play, uh, when we record the next podcast, it'll be fun because I think I'm going to kill the entire group accidentally for D and D. So that'll be a fun little session. Yeah, yeah. Accidentally. Well, well, he didn't. Uh, well, we'll you're see. Telling him, you're telling him on purpose. <laughs> well, no, no. Him, him trying to arrest and imprison the group was on purpose. The, you know, it. So it's cutscene forces, right? It's like, oh, you know, it's 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 like in the cutscene the video game where they're like, no, and now they take your weapons away and you're going to be in the thing there, but like. Fuck you! I can fight against seven hundred guards if I want to. I won't live. Well, we end but a lot. We, we end a lot of. I, we, I, it's fun to end on kind of cliffhangers, and they were they were basically told they were under arrest at the end of the last session. And anytime you run a D and D campaign, anytime you you try to arrest the players, you're just roll a die because God fucking knows what's going to happen. You cannot predict players, and they, they especially don't. No player group has ever tried to been arrested to have things end well, and especially since you've taken away teleportation because we've got like dimension door and stuff like that. We could get away yeah. normally, but we probably can't currently. Yeah, so I, we'll see how things play out. I mean, you guys have lots of. You guys are pretty skilled. You're fully powered up. You know, you're just you're not you're not, you're not technically surrounded or anything at the moment. I mean. We will see how things play out. It's it's just interesting. It just how it yeah, depends on how you want to act out the characters. I remember uh, many 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 years ago, uh, a certain person had had all of our characters get teleported from one world to another world, and he was just expecting us to be like, "Hey, we're going to be fine in this new world." And and my character didn't want to want to be in this new world anymore. He, he wanted to go home. <laughs> And so that that kind of put a damper on his plans. Well, I mean, you know, that, that becomes your character's quest. <laughs> yeah. People wanting to go home, yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, wanting to go home doesn't stop Dorothy from vo- from adventuring in Oz, right? Yeah. The adventure still happens. Her motivation is just different. It was it, it was a good session too because at one point uh, two people were like, oh we're, we're I like it was when, almost when, a party wife. when Tim panics about it, it we're we're gonna die. I know we've reached a good point in the campaign. I mean, people yeah. were all. at Three fourths of the party were in single digit hit points when when an encounter basically was starting. So it was yeah, we rolled initiative with three people at seven or fewer hit points. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I can't I can't believe the way you guys just put your models there and then you all failed the saving throw. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> And between the three of us, we had like two spell slots left. Also, like was, we were so spent. I was so mad that a I, I was so mad that assassin kept missing. I, that's why I had to roll in front of you guys. I'm like, this is this is not me. It's yeah. the game. The game is like Tim didn't join because because he was mostly targeting Tim. Because yeah. you know it wasn't like you were going to kill one of the weak ones. That was going to bring Tim down to the same level. Yeah, but damn it, he just couldn't. He yeah. couldn't fucking get hit. 
<laughs> oh. Oh, well. It was well, fun. that's us for the day. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, uh, we should be here in two weeks again. We are, we are planning yeah. and playing. No, we should be here for two weeks again. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks it would be. Two weeks. Is, uh, the second. Second? Okay, yeah. yes. I will be here for that. That's next that, week. That, oh next, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah. Next next week is next week you're is going. I'm gonna be going at the Chaos Cup. Yep. Chaos Cup. Playing playing dwarves. Nice. I'm gonna go to Papa Murphy's and get myself a fucking pizza. I'm gonna go to Noble Knight and pick up my uh DM screen. Or narrator screen because it's not Dungeons and Dragons. Whatever. Fuck it. It's DM. G-A-N-G-I. Yeah. I, I try to say GM. GM, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna think Big Cave Monster. He's been the main chatter on here. We yeah. we have been reading on here, so it hasn't been we're not ignoring you. Well, I brought up a topic based yeah. on what he said. Yeah. So if he feels thinks... ignored, he's wrong and can fuck himself. <laughs> Have a nice day, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> Jesus, I, I I apologize for bringing it up. I didn't mean to. Thanks for watching, just, just... shithead. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to be nice. I didn't want to be an accommodator. Well, I'm only being mean if he's wrong. Oh, okay. See, because if he feels ignored, he's wrong and a shithead. But if he knows that we love him, then he's right mm-hmm. and he's loved. Or her. Oh, know. that's a good point. I am yeah, I am assuming gender d- like a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> Them. <laughs> what kind of They are well loved and we appreciate yeah. their import to our chat. Yeah, we have no idea what that monster uh <laughs> identifies as. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, are they a monster in a big cave or are they a big monster from any size cave? Mm. Which is the big modifying? It's like the one eyed, one horned flying purple people eater mm-hmm. is not canonically purple within the song. He eats purple people. Mm-hmm. We don't know what color the flying purple people eater is. Mm-hmm. That's nope. my trivia. <laughs> All right, I'm hungry. So bye bye, people. Bye, everybody.